answer, you know, with the first thing that comes to your mind, your middle name, your mother's maiden name, the year you were born, you know, all these questions that are either very obvious or slightly more covert that are purely designed to get your password hint information. Yeah. So I'm just, whenever people do that, and Mrs. Skippy, God bless her, she she's like horrible at that. You know, she'll I'll, I'll see something, I'll be in my office, my phone will ding, and it's, it's she's talked about other people that were born on her birthday or something. It's like, okay, you've now just let the world know your birth date, which is a password hint, or your mother's maiden name or something. Yeah, but any situation you're in looking for a password, all you have to do is look around the desk, right? Yeah, well, it's always on a sticky note inside well, the drawer. It's, it's always some obscure object. And like, oh, it's a cat. What's the cat's name? What's the tag? What's the tag say? Now that is such a movie trope where you can sit at someone's desk and look around and, hmm, oh, he loved his dog, Fido, with a with a one for the eye. And there you go. Yeah, ain't gonna work. It is gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same thing with this Google. Let's come inside your house. Hey, I don't mind the Google car driving past my house with its you know cameras taking shots. I can see the before or after of my driveway, but. Uh, <laughs> Not to, no. Let's not come inside. Well, I want to remind folks: uh, the other show from Monday is available, and if you missed today, if you missed it, you can check it out on our YouTube and stuff like that. I'm still setting up the podcast channel; it takes a little more time. That's fine. Uh, we had a great guest. We had Rick, the Reluctant Cowboy yeah. Sellers, on with us. Kind of hung out the yeah. whole morning. Well, you know what's funny? Now uh, we got you in the studio. I wanted to talk to you about the recent. Uh, word usage of concentration camps that's been blowing up <laughs> and i wanted to get your input on it if you don't know uh, a representative said that the the camps being made at the border for i guess no for, they're not yeah the, the facilities the, the facilities are basically concentration camps yes so what constitutes a concentration camp because i think me, that's the debate right now yes because you can have the legal definition, the accepted definition, or the personal. I thought it was. A, I thought it was like math tutoring. And, and <laughs> I just got that. Thank you, man. That <laughs> man. That was. Uh, there you go. <laughs> okay, so according to uh, Merriam-Webster, which is the socially accepted dictionary for America a place where large numbers of people, especially political prisoners or members of persecuted minorities, are deliberately imprisoned in a relatively small area with inadequate facilities, sometimes to provide forced labor to await mass execution. The term is most strongly associated with several hundred camps established by the Nazis in Germany, Okay. so forth and so on. So, so that's where the term came from. Is after the forties? Yeah, yeah, that was or the late because 30s. people are also saying, well, you know, uh, in World War II, the camps that we had for Japanese Americans were concentration camps. No, those were internment camps. Now, this is splitting hairs. As, of course, that's why we wanted to talk to you. About and, it. and it is syntax. So one can get away with saying, okay, in the broadest sense of the term, the Im detention facility, immigration detention facilities could be defined as a concentration camp, but it's been socially accepted that concentration camp, you know, the primary phrase, uh, meaning for that I is... Think Brad, I think Brad's got the answer. Brad? Or... Brett? Brett, sorry, Brett. Listener Brett. Casual notice, I mean. Yes. Uh, to be a concentration camp, you have to imprison native citizens of that nation. Again, no, I was going off the... Um, 
We were wrong. He's always right. So if I had to choose somebody to save my life based off just pure knowledge, I would be like Brett. If you've ever seen, you know, like the the movies where you you have the writer and then the uh, the person who like fact checks everything, that is Brett. He's awesome with that. Uh, Or casual notes. Yeah. Now that could be for a concentration camp. Then in that sense, our internment camps were concentration camps because they were uh, natural. Uh, they were citizens. So you can throw it around. It, it, it's designed to evoke that. I think it poos on the memory of the millions of Jews who were slaughtered in concentration camps. So they were put into the, the showers, quote, uh, to be killed. Wouldn't you just call them like extermination camps? Well, yeah, but it's all about the, the optics. It's like um, well, now we're that at- Representative Omar that we talked about the other day is trying to say that... It, uh, you can't call them illegal aliens. The, and what what happened <clears throat> was there are cabinet members who have pointed out the fact that according to the U.S. Code, that is the only phrasing for it. So to tell politicians, you can't say illegal aliens. Actually, that's the definition of it. Well, really, what, what do you think is trying to ha- – what are we trying to accomplish here? Because it is a, the way people present it, especially this uh, AOC – it's kind of like, well, okay, so if you had your way, what would you do? Or how would you fix the, the situation? Because, I mean, you have to – I can't imagine how many people uh, the United States government finds trying to illegally enter the country. But then when – but it happens. So mm-hmm. what do you do with that one person or 20 people or a bus load or, you know, I mean, a whole camp load? Well, with AOC, I've got to take with a grain of salt because this was the one who ran on income equality, you know, people make too much money. And last week she stated she needs a pay raise, that a hundred and something thousand dollars a year is not enough for her. And so you got to take every day, every week. I wonder how long it took her to realize that. Well, this uh, during during her orientation camp where she says, golly, it's expensive out here. And, And said that, you know, she couldn't afford to find a decent place to live in dc yes at a hundred thousand dollars well i don't know if she was making that even at the uh in the orientation i'm not sure when the when the paycheck started kicking in but the the realization didn't george bailey <laughs> didn't he sleep on a couch or something when he got i know his name wasn't george bailey and uh mr smith goes Mrs. to watch yeah, but it, didn't he sleep it, in yeah, like in the mr. office smith. or something like that yeah uh-huh and there are actually are actual cases of that happening in every political show, you have that, where you have the congressman who can't afford to go back and forth every year. I mean, they get an office, right? It's not it's illegal to st- sleep in the office. Because um, I think it's illegal for me to sleep here. I don't but, know. I guess according to the lease. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I would not gather that it's illegal to do so because I know enough politicians have done it. But it, d- it does speak volumes on someone running on, everyone needs to be paid the same amount, but I need more money. That's above. Okay. Uh, that's above the median. Well, it, even uh, Casual Nosless know even if she gets the pay raise, she won't get it until she gets reelected. Mm-hmm. So, which brings us yeah. to election year twenty twenty. It'll be so interesting. I am so looking forward to this election, and I'm not saying this snidely or ironically. I really am looking forward to it. Okay. Because with Trump being the Republican presumptive nominee, you know, last night he officially announced in Florida his his campaign for re-election. And I can't see another... What do you mean officially? To I feel act- like he's already been doing that. 
you have to officially announce, which boring. includes filing. You know, once everything's you can say I'm going to run for president. That's what I did, uh, but you have to file things and be and okay. officially announce and say, okay, we have now kicked off the campaign. It is a it's reality. There are no other GOP members that look like they could take him. Oh no, no. I, so he is the presumptive nominee in in my eyes and many people. I, I don't even think the Republicans exist anymore. I think it's just individuals now when they speak. They don't even have the R next to them. I mean, the party basically just disbanded because it's like, what do we do here? Not, He's eclipsed not necessarily us. A bad. He's eclipsed us. Like we True. can't we can't do anything. True. Well, that's, I just thought I just found that funny reading about you know especially when you're a politician the way we all know politicians like to use certain words to get people jived up. And when I read that, I was like, man, that's such a, it's such a, like, a risk to say something like that. Are we back on concentration camp? Yeah, like, <clears throat> well, using the words minute, like that. I mean, like. Yeah, the minute you start comparing anyone or anything to Hitler, which is happening more and more with Trump, yeah. which is one of two things. Either Trump is a Hitler in breeding, or people are running out of non-Hitler arguments, so they got to go there. And to call a facility... If you want to call it a holding cell or a jail or whatever, detention facility for people who are illegally trying to enter, mm -hmm. if you want to call it a concentration camp, then that's taking it to that level. Well, that's that what I'm is saying. Like the word choice. Is just that is comparing like... following the law and enforcing the law to the mass extermination of an entire race. Yeah. Well, it puts it in the same playing field. Well, it's an attempt to. Yeah. And at that point, I tune out. The, the minute someone starts comparing anyone or anything to Hitler. Yeah. And, and, and then I, it's too late, though. You can't, you can't ago, be thinking that way. Uh, you know, eight, can't put your blinders four, on, Sean. Two years ago, the right was doing it with Obama. You can't put the blinders on, Sean. No. So. So uh, back to the upcoming election. Okay. Uh, we have Trump pretty much going to be the only one running for the GOP. Uh, Sanders, who is an independent but is running on the Democrat ticket again, uh, it's going to be tossed up right now, it seems, between he and Joe Biden. I, I don't think it's too late for Hillary to try one more time as a spoiler, but it's going to be one of those two or, with Hillary, one of those three, which is no real different than what it was in 2016, uh, the events leading up to that election with Hillary and uh, uh, Bernie. Yeah. So imagining going forward, definitely have Trump. So you, we know what to expect from him, the circus, you know, the, the, the Twitter outrage, what, what have yeah. you. And then you can go, okay, option A, it's like that movie Clue where they had three endings, ending A, ending B, ending C. End. So option A, Hillary. She's won twice, uh, she's run twice, won zero. She hasn't won any of them that she's run for. I don't think it's going to happen this time. Joe Biden is now being slammed on both sides where his flip-flop over the Hayes, his uh, sudden non-support of the Hayes Act. Well, one thing that I, it was, I believe what's going to happen, similar to what happened to last election, the 2016, is the exhaustion period. Uh, because you have so many people who believe in your cause, and then when it comes down to the way our political system works, you have to vote for this one person in that party, they're going to be exhausted because there's 20 of them right now in the Democratic Party that everyone believes in. And then as they trickle away, it's like, do those people who lost their candidate, do they even want to believe in this person? And then it's going to keep going out. They're going to keep asking that question. Well, the schism they... is so wide. We are ripe to have a three-party 
uh, process suddenly appear. Yeah. You know, within the next two presidential election cycles, I think there will be a serious independent contender, a centrist who says, you know, call it a coffee party person or something, just saying, listen, uh, I'm fiscally conservative but socially liberal, so, you know, these guys will never meet but meet me here in the middle. And I really believe that's around the corner. Yeah. Because Trump has to appeal to the right, uh, which includes the topics of abortion that I'm sure he didn't even fully believe in, uh, but he has to toe that party line. And then we have the left who amongst themselves are just slamming each other on, you're not left enough. You know, you have to, uh, there is a, a representative that voted with AOC 92% of the time, and now she's slamming him because uh, he had harsh things to say about Omar. And so now she said that he's on her list. So anyone on the left, it seems to be, you have to come extreme left. And that's why Biden's getting spanked because he very much supported the Hayes Act, which is about abortions, uh, uh, no abortions unless it was indirect, uh, saved to save life, the mother's life was in danger. Well, he suddenly flipped on that. And of course, so both uh, sides. Well, we talked about, you know, you're, you're in politics long enough, you're going to be flip-flopping. <laughs> and that's just the way the nature but this of was so our society sudden. gets. It, it was because he, it was obvious that he was the only way he was going to get on the Democrat ticket is to suddenly say, to join well, the, yeah, not, the abortion. I mean, even if he gets to the number one slot, people are going to be like, oh, we were cheated again. Well, exactly. You know? So what, I'm looking at option B. So we, A was Hillary, B is Biden, and we got creepy Joe who loves to rub people's shoulders. The fact that he's pushing 80. And chin. He likes doing the chin. He likes doing the chin. It's really so creepy. there's that. And then we have Bernie Sanders who yesterday couldn't even tell the difference between profit and revenue. He, he was making a speech. And he, he kept on talking about uh, revenues that these people were making so much uh, in re uh, so much in revenue, and there is a subtle difference between profit and revenue, and it looked bad. And also, he is a socialist, so that is going to alienate uh, for well, many people. What I'm people, saying, they're going to be exhausted. Deal they're going to be exhausted. Well, no, I think people will be galvanized to vote because they're like, it'll be one of those. I I may not even like Trump, but I can't. I can't let one of these Democrats get in or vice versa. Yeah. No matter what, Trump can't be president okay. in another four years. Well, I just wanted to talk about word usage so much. And then uh, let's switch, let's switch topics. Yeah. So I wanted to also bring up, if you didn't know this happened in Philadelphia, there, <laughs> there was up to a billion dollars worth of cocaine found. 16 tons. So I was thinking to myself how much 16 tons was. And then it hit me. There's always that saying, you know, whatever you caught, there's probably more. There's mm -hmm. probably more somewhere else. Right. So if 16 tons is what was caught, how much conceivably is still out there being not being caught? At one, in one location. I'm not talking the world. I'm talking one location. Because I think it was like nine containers worth. I would like presume. Shipping containers. That a big bust like that probably represents up to maybe 10% tops yeah. of the total haul. Because no one's going to put all their eggs in one basket. Well, I mean, seems like they did. But well, I think that. it just says that. But yeah, we should have played 16 tons as our uh, bumper music today. That's true. <laughs> Didn't even think about. But that. no, I, it was just—it's amazing to me with that much of a, of, of a substance that's so illegal in one location. It just makes me think that that either that thing's been around for a long time, they've been doing that same shipment. Because, or they just kept gradually getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then somehow they got caught or didn't pay off the right people or whatever. 
that's a lot of drugs. Yeah, some heads. That's are not just literally like going that's not just roll. like a car or a bus. No. So some heads will roll on this one. Yeah. And which is yet another reason why I'm all for border security in seaports and land. Well, we do, we already have that though. <clears throat> right, and when the proper authorities, like ICE and Customs and Border Patrol, are allowed to do their job, they catch. 16 tons of cocaine. Yeah. I really do. I, I, I would really like to see a study, because I know there's got to be a country out there that has legalized everything. I'll be really interested to see what happens to that place for like in 20 years. Well, your smaller European country, you know, it's like, oh, there's got to be a place. There's got to be oh, a place. Oh, yeah, you know, talking about Amsterdam. Is Portugal like that? Is it Portugal that has like completely free freedom of like, you can do whatever, but you can still get in Not trouble. Sure. Like you can, you know, if you're public intoxication kind of thing. Well, for every time I see, you know, in Norway, everyone's got free this, and you can do that, and then you look, they have a... No, they can just do any drugs. It's like, you can just do whatever. Yeah, but he, but because you get free rehab and this and that, and you look into it, and they're paying a 70 or 80% tax rate. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I know there's a reason to, to have that available to the people. There's a reason for why they voted on that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, like, what would happen to this country if, if they just go, hey, everything's free? Will we go down to the Wild West where everyone's just... Getting, With everything getting crazy <clears throat> drunk. Like when I was a kid, I thought not free wouldn't... drugs. I'm saying they're free to do whatever drugs they want to do. Ah. So if you if you're a cocaine person, you could be doing cocaine whenever, wherever, whatever. I think at that point, natural selection probably kicks in. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's always there'd be collateral damage. But if, well, if... the only thing I think of is like a drug like fentanyl, which is so highly toxic that you don't want that people just kind of like walking around with that because someone might pick it up. Well, here's my response the same to thing that. with heroin, I guess. Because, you know, I am so not a fan of duplicity, so I'd like people to answer me this. If, let's say, you have a Cokehead and, and all, hey, all the Coke you want, you're free to do yeah, it. go to Kroger's okay. and you can get a bag of it. But isn't addiction a disease? I mean, I'm not a You can't have it both ways. But, no, in, uh, in America, it's like uh, Coke users, they're not responsible for their actions. It's criminalized. Because it's a disease. Okay. So you, to give someone free reign to embrace their disease, that's like handing out cigarettes to lung cancer patients. Well, I'm not saying in the the, we're not handing them out. I'm just saying, or like, saying if it's you okay. go to CVS, you'd be like, hey, uh, like a two shipping containers well, worth of cocaine. My point exactly, CVS no longer sells Or whatever. Cigarettes. I'm just making it, okay, you're getting into the details again. But, no, do you, do you see where, I, where I'm going? It's that if you let someone be, let's say drug-wise, be free to go, okay, go for it, but then you can no longer call it a disease. Or you are helping promote the disease. It's one or the other. It's not both ways. And if you can picture yourself allowing cancer patients to smoke without one ounce of judgment against them and to pay for their medical bills then only then do I say you can hop on board the uh, you're free to do all the drugs you want. It, you can't have it both ways. Well, I don't think anyone's arguing that. I think mm. I think there are certain people who think what a concentration camp is <laughs> and what they think it isn't. No, but, it's, it's, it's all a matter of perspective and opinion. But I'm just, I, I would wonder what would happen to a culture that decides to do that because I'm thinking vision. Logan's run. Is that what it is? Is that what I need to see? Is that Dustin Hoffman and who else is that? Is that? Uh, no, Michael York. Michael York. But the I actually I was talking about the book more than the movie because oh. the book explains how they do it. Basically, the young people revolt against the old people and kill everybody. So they work it out. In the, in the movie, I think you, you die at 30. In the book, it's 21. 
And so think about you have such a hedonistic society because all ages are now fair game because you only lived in 21. Yeah. And that you, you can't sustain it. You can't sustain a society with, God help me for saying this, with too many freedoms. You know, I don't see a problem with that, though. I, I just like the natural selection just to be... I'm not opposed to natural like the, selection. Like the de- decriminalization of all the drugs, I don't see that being... And I think uh, Casual Nose has a good point. It won't, probably won't have any effect on normal people. Mm-hmm. It, but on the on the group it does, it would either dwindle down or there'll be a surge for a little bit, and then it would be gone. That's or not what gone, I with, but like it would be... And that's what I meant with natural selection. Unfortunately, with that would come some collateral damage. Some guys, you know, someone's coked up because it's okay and they're driving to and work. And they drive and they kill something. Yeah. But, but I, there are always... I mean, there's going to be so many other ways that people can be injured. Absolutely. By the time we'll have driving cars, though, self-driving cars, so we're good. Yeah, you see Kroger is is bringing in robot delivery cars. Did you see that Florida is going to be the first, I think, the first state to allow it to happen? Like, legal, like you can just do it? There's not going to be tests or anything. They're just going to have it. Have a robot car? Yeah. I'm surprised it's not already here, to be honest. I, I think it, I think there's more hesitation based off what people's feelings are. I really don't because think it's going to be Because that one accident that happens, you're going to get sued for billions of dollars, but, you know... I don't think it's going to be a thing to stay, or uh, I, I don't think we're going to be. That's going to become the majority. Oh, it is. Oh, it totally is. Not maybe not in Conroe, but like in a New York or in a large metropolitan area, there's going to be some progressive judges or people who are council people, and they're going to be like, "Hey, we really need to do this. This would help a lot of people. We're going to spend too much money on it, and it's going to become metro like the bullet metro train? shuttle 2.0 in Houston. No, uh, like the bullet train in California. Yeah. Seventy billion well, and literally happen, nothing though. to show for. I can for see it. that happen. And then right when it happens, it's going to start, and people are going to be like, "Oh, it does work. It's fun and it's easy." And then people are going to like it. It's going to be, and it's going to like Austin's probably going to be the first city to do it. In Texas, uh, yeah, now that I would agree. So, with. I mean, it's going to happen. And I know for me, being who I am, I would love it because I robot I'd, car. I'd love it. I just, I, would, I just the only thing I don't really get. And would it, you hop in an airplane? I still, I still don't get it because. Uh, in a sense of how much money are you willing to pay to get somewhere safe and fast? Because when you're buying air, airline tickets, it's it's such a it's such it's almost like gasoline. Is every day it, they just nickel and dime you, and it's like, mm-hmm. well, when do you know is a good time to buy? When is a good time not to buy? And then I used to work for a company that sold software at a million and a half bucks a pop to airlines, and that's the that's the, the whole job is to figure that. And that's what I'm saying. Like, well, I an empty airline seat is a perishable good. If that plane takes off with an empty seat, that's like throwing out good food, so yeah. th- these algorithms would figure out what to charge when, and that's how that's how it would work out. But would you get in a, in a jumbo jet with uh, th- that had no pilots? Uh, I mean, aren't we already kind of doing that? Nope. Now the planes can pretty much fly themselves. You know, you have autopilot and stuff, but there's always a pilot there in landing case, and landing yeah, in case off. something goes down. Would you hop in an airplane? Would you go Are, on? A, would you go on a cruise on board a cruise liner? With no, no did they fly? Did captain. they fly the space shuttle into space? Yeah. So there was one guy with a stick, yep. and he was just like, "All right, let's do it." Yeah. Well, a lot of it is computer controlled, but you have the well, how much there. is computer controlled? Well, you don't have a guy on like the the yoke uh, to steer them. Okay, we're going this way. When you have to, it's again like autopilot on an airplane. The the pilot can do. I it feel with like if you're in like a spaceship, you only have like two directions to go up or down as you're taking off. But there is no up or down. <laughs> 
You can go any number of ways. Because remember, with your starting point, let's say you're heading towards the moon. If you're off by just like one degree from your initial trajectory, you know, it may be just a few hundred feet on Earth. But by the time you get to the moon, you're, you know, 5,000 miles off. So you got to you got to rely on computers. But there's always someone there as backup. And well, I, yeah, they're always going to be somebody. They're, they're not, I'm not, I'm not saying 100% there's not going to be air, like a, a person who knows how to operate the machine. I would never get into something. I guess if, if, well, that's what a robot car is. But there's I would know no, how to drive. Huh? But I would know how to drive. Oh, so you're talking about a car, a self-driving car where you're behind the steering wheel. Uh, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant those those ones were just a total robot, like yeah. you're in the back seat and they take you. No. As long as you're allowed to you can override. But it, I think the... Especially like when you get on the highway, like you go to Dallas. Like it's mm-hmm. so boring. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'm on the highway. Yo, autopilot. Yo, so Alexa, take me to Dallas. Cruise control on steroids, yeah. basically. And it's just like, I just sit there and then... Oh, I like driving in the sense of fast cars and things like that. I like going fast. I don't like being in control. But when it comes down to really boring driving in Houston, like, oh, I'm done. Like here. Yeah. I, I Although I do think that the current... But eventually it's going to get to that point where people sit in the back seat and not want to do anything. And I'm, I'm not a fan of that. But I think with the current technology that cars do have, the, the lane assist and the braking assist, I think that's enough for most people. It's like, okay, you're going to help me. I still control the vehicle, but... These items are going to help me in case there's some idiot yeah. out there who's well, on the brake. Uh, Dennis makes a good point, like Carly situation. She's blind. That would help her immensely. Oh, Lord, yes. But we also have cabs, Ubers, Lyfts, buses. So there are options. Yeah, but say she wants to own one of those cars. That way she's on her own time. She doesn't have to make a phone call and wait and be dealing with strangers. And Absolutely. Stuff like that. So there, I mean, not... it's going to happen, Sean. It's gonna happen. I don't think it'll. I just don't think it'll become the norm. Oh no! If anything, what's gonna happen is it's similar to like satellite radio and everything. It's gonna be injected into the newer cars, and then basically after twenty years, it's gonna be the norm. Like no one asks for serious radio today, but everyone gets it for some reason. Like I don't want it. I don't have it, and I if if it came with the car, I wouldn't listen to it. Probably. What's I'm saying, but like I think it's like now most cars come with it. It's like you don't have an option to take that in or out of your or the intent. But it doesn't so. play it automatically with no option. Yeah, but it's, to a, turn but it's it available off. option. Yeah, well that's what I'm saying. You can have it as an available option, and just not. But it's use still it. in your car. Uh-huh. You can't take it out. Okay. So I'm thinking the self-driving thing. It's going to be like it's an option. Like, yeah, there it is. All right, we shall see. Of course, you'll be alive a lot longer than me, so you'll have to so. Ouija board it to me how it turns out. I don't know. I, I would be, it'd be interesting to see how it would work. So, I would, I would enjoy it. You would? Oh, yeah. Would, would you call your car Jeeves? Like, home Jeeves, and it would. Yeah. Okay. Because I can see it getting to the point where safety is like the number one thing in a vehicle. And so, like, say someone's calling you, and then the, the car will say, hey, Sean's calling you. Would you like me to take over? Again, assist with, yeah. yeah. And then it takes over, and I'm on the phone, and it won't let me get, it won't let me control the car until I hang up. That's a good idea, actually. And that's probably what's going to end up happening. And, mm-hmm. they won't, and I guarantee you, you won't be able to take off your seatbelt. 
Oh, that's what I mean. That would the, be a rule. Like, if you turn on the assist, it would be like, nope, seatbelt's on. You cannot take it off. I can see the options that are currently available enhancing, you know, the lane assist, the brake assist, whatever, the driving assistance programs. Yeah. Uh, they will fine-tune that technology, but I just can't – I don't see people willingly turning it all over. I guess it gets down to the question, is it safer to have something that has no human interaction or a hybrid of – human and computer well i don't think they'll ever make it being that automated where you won't be able to have the option for control they might make it to where it's automated first and then if it breaks down or something happens or you do a a command it lets you control but the first option is always where would you like to go and then it takes you there but then as you're driving you're like hey actually can i you know you should be the voice for that do that again where would you like to go yeah i can do a pep voice (laughs) so I'm going to record your voice from for my ways because yeah. you know you can record voices now. So I'm and they imagine you pissed off at you. <laughs> it's like Dude. turn left here, you idiot. That'd be pretty funny. But no, I, that's not going to happen, man. I'm sorry. Okay, sorry, man. We shall see. Well, let's take a break real quick, and uh, I also want to remind folks that you can always text and call us. That's right. We do have a text uh, call phone number if you want to know what it is. I'm about to tell you nine three six. 228-9368. We're live on YouTube. We got special guests coming in at 10 o'clock. We're going to talk about an upcoming event uh, with the Custom Home Showcase supporting the Canopy Cancer Survivors. We'll be right back after these uh, sponsored messages. We'll be back. Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Is there someone you know who is hooked on vintage aircraft? Follow the commemorative Air Force and its fleet of World War II planes, including the mighty B-17 Flying Fortress Texas Raiders which is based in Conroe, Texas. Texas Raiders tours locally and all around the United States, offering the public a chance to put their hands on aviation history. What could be a more perfect gift than a flight on a historic B-17? Taking to the sky on the iconic bomber is an experience that will never be forgotten. For the touring schedule, reservations, or more information, 
go to b17texasraiders.org or call 855-FLY-A-B-17. We're back. Morning's Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. Sorry, Dick and Skippy in the morning. Boy, we really got to fix that. 9.35 on the dot. 25 Come minutes. On. We got a special guest coming in from Canopy. Uh, going to be a great conversation. So he doesn't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and thank you, uh, Casual Notice, for uh, I had Hayes Act and Hyde Amendment uh, reversed in my head. So uh, that, that was that. Hayes Act was, of course, the code of conduct for movies and comics where the good guy always had to win and so forth and Told so on. Told you he's right. I'm telling you, man, he's, he's awesome about that. <laughs> but anyhow, so yeah. the problem is that I'm only drinking, you know, bean punk coffee this morning. I got no yeah. beer. That's so, true. So I wanted to change. talk to you about this. Okay. Uh, the state of Texas has passed a new law for folks who didn't know this about beer to go. I guess this was dubbed as. Uh, if, if you want to know more information like the number, I think it's, I'm looking it up right now. 1545. I know it's really important to a lot of those. Yeah, House Bill 1545. But basically allows uh, uh, breweries that brew more than 10,000 gallons uh, or barrels, uh, I guess a day? Is that what it is? Or whatever. They brew more than 10,000. They're allowed to sell beer on the premises for you to take home. If you didn't know that, like if you go to Southern Star Brewery, you couldn't leave Southern Star Brewery with beer Mm -hmm. because they make so much of it. Now they can. So why was that an issue? Why could I not? If I had to guess, it was uh, the evil corporations of bigger beer manufacturers said anyone that is somewhat of a competitor can't do that because they, but what made they have to go the extra length of sending it to Kroger and spending that money. What made fermentation or distilling, I guess, for harder liquors? Because you could do it like a B-52s. They didn't brew <laughs> enough, so you can actually buy it on premise. That's where they were qualified. They said that the only – I mean, I've got some – sorry uh, – the only two breweries here in Montgomery County that are affected by this new law is Lone Pine out in Montgomery and Southern Star. So, because they couldn't sell growlers and things like that, they couldn't fill up your growler and you could take it home. Okay. So I'm now I'm just trying to figure out what made beers or uh, beers and spirits, I guess, different from, you know, let's say, uh, Dolly, what prevented Dolly Madison from disallowing me to take my homemade cupcakes and just, you know, you could buy them and take them home. But you know, what made the beer so special, in other words? And I think you're right. It could be the lo- the lobby behind it. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of because that creates more hassle for the up-and-coming brewers to spend money on logistics and working on packaging and things like that. Because mm-hmm. I know Southern Star had that issue before they moved into their new location. That's trust issue. So, uh, yeah, I don't doubt. I mean, yeah, you're, you're talking about selling beer, man. Beer's like the mafia. Like MBEV <laughs> is the mafia, man. I'm telling you. But uh, it's interesting that this was a market that people – I know people who go to breweries to do that. They have growlers, and, and that's what they like to put their beer in before they leave. They go and try a beer, and they're like, I like that one. Fill this one up. And then they leave with it. There we go. So is that going to affect you? Not, that, not, not very all? much. No, I have got literally 10-year-old beer in my fridge. Oh. Let me guess. It's that uh, orange – no, jalapeno beer. Well, the hatch beer that I have, I had a six-pack, but my contractor, son of a gun, he he stole one of my bottles, so it's only a five-pack. No, actually, I think my son cracked one open, maybe down to a four-pack. Oh, golly. Uh, but that's only a few years old. Uh, but no, there's about 10 years ago, uh, for a Christmas person, somebody gave me a bottle of Santa beer, and a big old, like a 40-ouncer, 
and I just never had the heart to crack it open. Well, I, I, I presume it's long. Well, I, what I like about it is if you're really into a certain brand of beer, like say I really like Southern Star, and they have they always come out with new versions. Mm-hmm. Like you, St. Arnold's is another like one. Like you weren't able to take it home. And that's what kind of stinks because you can only have it there. And now it's like, oh, I really like this. Can I get this in a six-pack? And they're like, yeah, let me go get one for yeah. you. Now they don't have to spend the money in putting – because, you know, the the shelf space in Kroger and HEB is valuable, and they can't just put all their beers there. Mm-hmm. They can only put their, like, top two. Well, so. but even with those, I mean, that you, you got your distributor representative who goes to the Kroger's and the Yeah, but they probably tell them, hey, you got two slots. What beers do you want there? It's like, well, we make 20,000 beers a year, different types. Well, choose two. Yep. Like, oh man, okay, Blanche Blonde. That's like the go to one. Blanche Blonde. Blonde Shell. Blanche Blonde. Yeah. Oh, oh bo- Bombshell Blonde. Bombshell. Okay. Whoops. <laughs> you know what's funny is those dudes are in our bowling league on Thursdays. Really? Yeah, one of the, I think one of the uh, owners and then some of the Do they pass brewers. Out cups? No, oh. they brought, uh, I was working yesterday, they brought pint glasses. So I think they're moving. It making, comes in pints? I think they're making moves over there at 300. So, well, is if this law affects that, I think that would be a great thing where they actually can go out to various revenue sources like bowling alleys or bars or whatnot. Oh. Well, you know, speaking of this, I got I had to do my uh, formal complaint to the city of Conroe. Okay. So I'm working yesterday at 300, and uh, one of the employee, one of the fellow employees comes up to me. He's like, hey, do you smell that? And I go, no, what am I smelling? He's like, it smells smoke. And then I smelt it. And I was like, oh, you're right. And we checked, he checked everywhere in the building, didn't smell, any, like, didn't see anything. So we go outside, and if you don't know where 300 is, it's over there, I believe, is it Wilson Road? Yeah, it's on Wilson Road in between 45 and Fraser, And it has a parking lot and then a forest. And then, so we, op- we go outside, and the forest is white. And this is probably, like, at 9 o'clock, and it's smoke. And we're like, oh, man, that, that doesn't look good. And we didn't see any fire or anything, so... I get on my phone, and they, they, well, they ask me, hey, can you call the fire department? And I was like, okay, but I don't want to call 911 because mm-hmm. like, nothing's like I can't tell what's really happening. So I try to find a non-emergency number for the fire department. Well, there isn't one, and it goes all the way back to Conroe Police Department dispatch. And my favorite thing is I call this guy, and he's like, oh, you know, Conroe, fire, or Conroe Police Department dispatch. I was like, hey, it's not really an emergency, but we smell, we smell and see smoke across the parking lot into a forest. So I just I want I just want to report that. I don't know, like, we just need someone to come check it out. And then, like, before I even know, he's like, all right, just uh, connect you to the fire department. And then it's an emergency. It's a lady. She's like, what is your emergency? I'm like, oh, it's not an emergency. <laughs> it's, it's just we see this. I want to report it. I want someone to come out. And she starts going down the normal list of, like, emergency questions. Is anyone trying to attempt to put out the fire? You know, is anyone hurt? And I'm like, no, no, like, no. And she's like, I have to do these questions. And then, I, and she kept calling it an emergency. And I was like, if I get a phone call about, <laughs> if I get the bill for this, yeah, it's like, if I get in trouble, and after about four times saying it's not an emergency, as far as I know, it's okay, you're on tape. So, and the this is how creepy this was, though. So, the police or the fire department comes, they search the forest, they come out, they like, they, hey, we couldn't find anything, but we smell it and we know what you're talking about. And they, as they're leaving, people started coming from the forest. Like one, like, like so, Cheech and Chong, like solo dude, just kind of walking. And I was like, man, this is so creepy. So <laughs> something was going on in there, and I don't know what. 
It was either a so, Blair Witch Project or know, a Highway yeah. Hilton. I don't know. It was creepy. And then uh, the owner of the 300 goes, yeah, they're, he goes, it was even worse a couple years ago. They call them the children of the corn. Apparently a, a bunch of homeless children lived in the forest. Oh, Lord. And like, oh, when I say children, I don't mean like five-year-old, five-year-old. They said like, mm-hmm. you know, young teens all the way to the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. It's like, that was really creepy because you just see these kids come and go. But see, now so. I want to, you give me an idea to write for a sketch, uh, a 911 operator, but it's been outsourced to like India because you know where they read those those horrible scripts that no matter what your problem is, thank you so much for your question. I'm delighted to help you with the answer. And then they go on. We, we should have a, I think I'm going to write a little radio spot like that where someone's like Dick is trying to call and there's a house burning down. And they say, thank well, you so much for your question. Yeah. I'll be delighted to help you. Well, it was funny. She's like, can you please answer these questions honestly? I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, what do you want? Let's go. How many, pe- how many people call this line and troll But only them? an honest person would say no. Think about that. What they say, can you answer these questions honestly? Yeah. Just saying. No one's going to attempt to put out the fire. I don't see a fire, actually. And all of them had to do with fires. All the questions, like, I don't see a fire. I see smoke, which means there's fire somewhere around the, around the vicinity. It was pretty funny. But, yeah, that's my complaint. It's like, hey, you gotta guys, you got to have a better, better presentation. If I look up Conroe Fire Department number or something like that non-emergency number it should come up pretty easily it didn't it gave me like four phone numbers to the different firehouses and those were closed they were closed they said closed on google the fire department was closed i was like is that normal like are they always closed that's odd that's odd right there so i don't know who's in charge of their online stuff but get, get their act together but speaking of 300 i want to let folks know uh they have several leagues available this summer Oh, see, I want to do a graphic for you. You know the movie 300? I want to yeah. get a picture of, like, you and some other people and have that very stylized. Put yeah. you in the little red banana hammock and cape. I would totally do that. I, I no, I want, be, I want to be Xerxes. Or Xer- what's his name? Xerxes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I want to be Xerxes. <laughs> With all the piercings and stuff. Yeah. And just be bronzed. I'd do that. I think I told you for a uh, one of my clients, um, it was a young couple expecting a baby. They wanted to do a, a movie poster announcement. So if you, if you remember the movie The Arrival... You know the movie with Hawkeye in it about uh, the aliens coming. We're trying to figure out their language. Well, I recreated the movie poster, but instead of the uh, spaceship, it was a baby bottle and and stuff like that. So I always imagine recreating the alien scene where the thing comes out, the stomach, the speaking of the which, chest burster. That'd be the baby announcement. You know, it's like is there a girl or a we boy? Act- we actually toyed with that concept. So speaking of which, did you actually see the stage version yeah. of Alien? Well, what I love is they don't tell you how rich that school is. <laughs> yeah, well, you'd have to be for so for that. But the, the Sigourney Weaver actually showed up. I actually watched it. Well, I skimmed over some parts. I got to give them kudos, but I am curious what rights process they went through to get permission to do it. You can't just typically take a movie. Oh, I bet you they just did whatever. It. They just did it. But at that point, you get a season to assist. But to get, actually yeah. get support from... The director uh, and Sigourney I mean, Weaver, which really is wanna, great, but do they really don't want to send a cease and desist to a bunch of high schoolers. No, dude, it happens all the time. Well, with, I imagine uh, it for Disney, yes. Well, I guess now Disney owns Aliens, don't they? Mm-hmm. Oh. I don't know. Today, that's what that's the. I'm po- sure they did. I guess that's the, the positive procedure. of the outrage culture today. Is now Disney's understanding, like, hey, we can't just be big, big jerks, big bullies, because people are going to go on Twitter and be like, hey, bully, stop bullying these high schoolers. 
And then Harvard's like, no, you can't go here anymore because you said bad things on the internet. Which actually leads me to... Did you see that? Yeah. So I was thinking about this. I was thinking about when Xbox Live first came out. This is back when I was... I want to say in like ninth grade or something. I thought I'm old. And I I realized the power of talking to people over the internet because we used to do it on the computer, but Xbox kind of made it like for the general public, made it real easy. Anyone could figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I go, I wonder if they're recording this, everything we're saying, because there were some things people say just because they know they're anonymous. They can, they feel like they can say any word they want and they can be as loud as they want. And I was like, man, can you imagine how many more people are going to start paying attention to their online presence when they're like Harvard? And But then again, I think the Harvard situation, with I don't know what that young man's name is, I think his situation arose because somebody hated him and they purported it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happened. I don't think Harvard was sitting there going, let's do our due diligence and make sure every student's a, a good, upstanding student. No, I agree. There's probably 20 people who go, I hate this kid. Look what he said to me in ninth grade. Can you believe it? And uh, did you read what he said? Uh, I'm trying to remember because I read the article and I can't remember how much detail it went into. But I did like his response saying, basically saying to... About growth, about, you know, people change. It was only two years ago too. That's what I love. The way he talks about it is as if it was like, oh, that was in my past life before I got, you know, went to AA or something like that. But think about it. two years ago, man. You're probably still playing the same video (laughs) But Maybe. once again, you got that hypocrisy and du- duplicity that it was, let's say there was a cokehead who maybe killed a family because he was coked up behind the wheel, and then he goes into rehab, and he comes out and becomes this motivational speaker and become a darling to millions because yeah. it's like, yeah, he took control, but he, six months ago he killed people. But he's okay now, so... No, I'm just, no, the way, I'm talking about the way he spoke about it. Mm-hmm. That was, because I was but like... He, he stained, here's the thing, he stained for life. As oh, a result well, of yeah, this. of course. He he can get so many opportunities for him have yeah. not been slammed shut because of this. And that I'm not a fan of. Well, I mean, I think what's interesting about that too was, and especially in the academic world, it seemed like his academics were in line mm-hmm. for Harvard, if that makes sense. Like he, he did well in school. He did well on his Well, testing. how much of the school's flavor should come into it? You know, you can have, let's say, all the proper grades and stuff, but let's say you're trying to get into a Catholic only private university, but you're an atheist. Oh, well, no, like when I, I remember when I attended ACU, they made you sign a paper about like basically what your your standards are. Like this is what you believe, not like what you believe in, but it's more of I'll follow this code of conduct. Okay. So, I mean, you sign that. So if you fall in the code of conduct, yeah, and so, so like, the question and is, I, and that's what I understand. Code. Like when I was in school and people would do something stupid, because I do stupid stuff too, but I was like, hey, you got to be safe about it because the school will get you over a technicality. Mm-hmm. Like you sign a piece of paper that literally, like that's There's all they, that's all they have to do. It. You sign this paper, you agreed, you didn't do it. And I was like, yeah, it's just stupid to put yourself in vulnerable situations that can get you kicked out. Now the kid, now the Harvard thing, what's interesting the way he presented though is the way he contacted the school and trying to talk to them about, you know, what can we do to work this out because of, you know, I applied, I got accepted, you know, I figured this would be okay. And now, you know, that kind of stuff. I think it'd be a different story if he got denied because of that, but he didn't, he already got accepted. Mm-hmm. Was already, he was already making his plans. And I think that's what's kind of the, the, fault at harvard because if he already made his plans to go to harvard that means 
his other opportunities, other yeah, other opportunities were gone. So, like that to me is kind of Harvard either needs to do something about that or, you know, just be a stick in the mud about right, it. Right, because that's the that's the issue with Harvard going that step. It's now they have to, I believe, should have to show forth every time there's an uh, an acceptance or a rejection has to follow the same litmus test. You can't bust him for it. You can't withdraw your your acceptance uh, of him uh, based on what he said and then let the next guy go through. Yeah. So it does open a can of worms. But they're not going to care about that. The Harvard? Yeah. Hmm. They're not. Yeah, there's a waiting list. They'll survive. Yeah. But, I mean, I... I think it's it's interesting though to especially high profile because we're going to start seeing more high profile youngsters, I think in the limelight similar to those uh, family members who elite not illegally like cheated to get in school because mm-hmm. now that young lady is going to be you know, dropped out. Well, I mean she's just it's just going to be like imagine her trying to go back to school anywhere besides a community college where they don't really they're you're just a number. Right, but I don't think that would be because of who they are and who their parents are. I don't think community college. Well, I meant more of like their name. They're like it's a young person being put. America's very forgiving in certain ways. Well, yeah, look at OJ. Yes, that's a podcast I'm not going to be listening to. Is he a podcast? He just started one. I don't know. Actually, that guy has is that guy is full of different situations. He reminds me of Mike Tyson. Because you ever listened to Mike Tyson before? He always seems to have a different story for everything. Because mm-hmm. he's lived one of those lives. Uh, he's like just involved. Because my, my favorite one was recently he was talking about him taking, I forgot, it was like DMT, I think. And basically how he separated from boxing world. Like he doesn't box anymore. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want to become that person anymore. And I'm like, man, that's how he, like, he made all his money. It's, it's kind of weird. Now, Tyson, I don't get because I know he's been like a darling and he's been like movies. He's been in jail. Well, that's the thing. He <laughs> wasn't he jailed for rape. Yeah, aggravated assault, I think. But, you know, you got he's playing a comedy figure in the Hangover movies. And someone someone's like, oh, he needs to run for Senate or Congress. Or well, okay, something. let me ask you this. But let me ask you a convicted what you, rapist. I, Okay, so is he, are you sure are you positive yeah, about that? Yeah, because he was banned from fighting in the... I just looked it up. He was banned from fighting in the UK because of his rape conviction. Okay. Well, then should we... We're going back to this Harvard kid. Should he never be allowed to be redeemed? Well, there's redemption, and then there's turning a uh, convicted sexual offender into a comedy icon. Well, I think also his comedy is uh, it's, he's directed like, hey, this would be a funny scene to have this crazy character in the movie. I don't think he's the one that paid to be there. I don't think he was the one calling the shots. Someone just says, hey, you ever met Mike Tyson? The guy's out of control. He's a tattoo on his face. And he had a tiger, and he beat people, and he beat his wife. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so let's, let's make fun of him. I, I, I just did not get that. Yeah. I mean, I... I think he'll be fine. I think the OJ thing is really interesting, though. This is a man who eventually, well, you think what happened with the Las Vegas conviction and his jail time and that. He's his own worst enemy when it comes to life choices, I guess is the best way to phrase it. The the book he wrote. And he even bit off Evander Holyfield's ear. Thank you, Casual Notice. 
I mean, like I said, this guy, I mean, he's a dynamic person. That's the person who you people will pay attention to, even though he did, like, a horrible thing. I think people are interested in that kind of stuff. Oh, well, yeah, you can be interested. I just, I shudder. Are you at saying the, that you shudder at people rewarding him? Yeah. With, like, either company or, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't really know. I don't, I don't really know. I think it's just interesting. He, I, if he wrote a book, it would, that would probably be an interesting book. That's what I think. Because right. he has a tattoo on his face. Well, Anyone with tattoos on their face, Mein I'm all, Kampf I'm was an interesting book. I'm not going to rush out to Barnes & Noble so, to buy it. And then you bit a person's ear off. I wonder what that felt like. Mmm, tastes yeah. like chicken. I mean, you ever wanted to bite someone's ear off? Uh, no, especially. Golf, no, well, what's haven't. interesting about that is how many boxing matches did he go through? And that one, that one time, he felt like he needed to bite this person's ear off. He probably knew it was his last boxing match. You think so? Yeah. Because I mean, you go would, out with you would think because I, I I wanted because boxing to me is is one of those sports that I imagine you're involved at a very young age to be like at the top, like be where Mike Tyson was. Mm-hmm. So you're taught certain things of like how to present yourself, how to do, like how to box, how to handle yourself during the breaks or during the, you know, whatever. So why aren't there a lot of famous incidences like this? You think there would of be. Of biting? Of just like crazy antics going on in the ring at that high of a level. Because you're so, like you're in it. Like he probably hated that guy so much. He's, he wasn't like, mm, he smells good. Let me bite this. I don't think he, I don't think he, I mean, he I, might, I mean, maybe I'm he's not one, judging. I mean, like I said, he's a dynamic character. Maybe he's a carnivore. I mean, like, for human flesh. Well, there's more strategy to boxing than even I would like to give it credit for because I'm not a huge fan of boxing, but I get the strategy, you know, and so you had your chess masters like Muhammad Ali who put this little rope-a-dope. It was a strategy how to sucker somebody in to to win the match. So I I think more strategizing goes into it. It, It's like with any high-level game, you don't want too many antics. It's not like a what was that golf movie with Adam Sandler? Well, it's not really antics. It's just the in the moment you because especially when you're beating the crap out of somebody, your your emotions are very high. Your adrenaline is very high. Mm-hmm. It, it, to me, that's a combination of oh, we might have something crazy go down. Uh, well, that and, would show a loss of control, which makes you not a serious contender. If you can't control it, yeah. If you're in a high pressure, high hormone environment like a boxing match. The whole thing is you have to maintain control. And if you start biting people, go, oh, I just got lost in the blood. Because what even happened when he bought him, bit, bit him? <laughs> I, think, I think they stopped the match. They stopped the lost. match completely? Well, yeah, the dude. He's I have no idea. I don't remember. Ear. So, oh, okay. Well, I mean. There's no one ringing that bell. No, nah, but there's one guy who's like, don't ring it. Let's see what happens next. <laughs> Let's see if he bites the nose. What's he going to bite next, right? That'd be great. Well, hey, we got our guests coming in from Canopy. Uh, we're, I'm looking forward to having them in Canopy Cancer Survivorship Center coming in talking about the custom show, showcase this weekend. So stick around. We're going to take an extended break, get them in, all that kind of stuff. You're listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Feel free to uh, contact us on social media. And don't forget, we do have our text and call voicemail number, 936-228-9368, or chat with us on YouTube Live. We'll be right back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, 
Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Are you interested in learning more about preparing quick, healthy, and safe meals for your family? Would you like to spend time with others learning tips and tricks, along with practicing and tasting nutritious food? If so, the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School is for you. Call Amy Ressler at Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service at 936-539-7825 to find a class near you or volunteer to host a class. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at IRLoneStar.com or call in and leave a message at 936 936- 647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtotheplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands-Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas.
Welcome back. Dick and Skippy in the mornings. Formerly known as Mornings Lone Star with Dick and Skippy, but we decided to give ourselves top billing. 10.02 in the morning. We're now in our second hour of our Wednesday show. Special second hour because now we have guests in our new format. This is really great. We have two amazing people in here. We have Mary Ross, owner of Mary Ross Custom Homes, and Patty Jorkinson, who's representing Canopy. Canopy is Canopy Cancer Survivorship Center at Memorial Hermann Hospital in the Woodlands. This is an awesome facility, and they got a special deal going on. Good morning, ladies. How's it going? Good morning. Good morning. So, Mary, let's start off with you. So, your gig is uh, custom homes in the Woodlands and surrounding areas, correct? Correct. And how long have you been doing that? Ten years. Wow. What, what prompted it? Did you just wake up one Tuesday morning and say, I want to do that? <laughs> Pretty much. I had worked for the custom builders in the Woodlands for 15 years. And so it was just kind of a gradual, natural thing for me. And uh, I loved it. Started it and loved it and have kept doing it. So when Canopy was formed a few years ago at Memorial City Hermann, and, and Canopy is the only one of its kind, the only center of its kind, and it is a facility, I actually took a tour of it uh, once, that caters to or specializes in cancer survivors, and uh, that's defined as the, the, from the moment you're diagnosed with cancer, you're a survivor, and their families to help them through the journey uh, of, of what the cancer brings. They, did I, am I hearing this right? They came to you and you actually designed and furnished or this facility. Did they, I hear right? Yes, they, they did come to me. They wanted a feel that felt more like a home than a hospital or a doctor's office. And they were showing me what they were doing and uh, they weren't going in the right direction for the home. Mm-hmm. So that's when I came in and, and we kind of started over and made it look more like a home and a living room and a real kitchen and things like that. So it was an honor to be able to help them. Well, yeah, it's wonderful. And I think it's uh, it was a very smart move that if you want to make something look homey, you go to a home specialist <laughs> and, and not, you know, an architect or a hospital architect. And it is, if you have, uh, if you go to the website, I think you can check out what it looks like. It makes all the difference. Uh, you know, my two kids, one was born in the 80s, one was born in the aughts and you know, in the 80s, it was very sterile delivery room. And when my daughter was born in uh, the early 2000s, it was uh, like a little Hilton suite. And it made all the difference in the world sure. for relaxation. And, and so I presume the same context with uh, exactly. Canopy. Exactly. So you've maintained the relationship over the years with Canopy then. They just, you just didn't set right. it up for them and then go your merry way. Right. Well, they just do such great work. And, you know, everybody's touched by cancer, whether, you know, you just are. And so I've been able to send people there and, and see the help that they get. It's, it's a fabulous facility. Awesome. Now, let's talk to Patty. So we got Patty Jorgensen here, and she's a volunteer with Canopy. What, uh, what prompted you to volunteer with Canopy? Um, actually, so my husband, uh, 11 years ago, he passed away uh, from cancer. And at the time um, when he passed away, I had five children. And um, when I moved here, I found out about Canopy from a neighbor, and I was so excited to have. I wish I would have had something like this when my husband was going through it, because not only are they there for, but they're there for the entire family. And so um, I instantly started helping out however I could um, in what free time I have. And I know, like, something I'm passionate about is the children's cooking class. Okay. And so they, they teach children whose parents may be going through treatment or going through cancer um, how to cook basic meals. 
And so it's like if your parent is sick or you can, that these kids are learning how to make these meals, but then it's also a support group because these kids go there and they see that there's other kids that are going through the same thing and they don't feel, you know, all alone in it. And uh, my daughter got to help do that. And so she got to be there and, and get to help these kids and, you know, show them also that even though we didn't have the best outcome because my husband passed away, but she's still doing great and that life goes on and that there, there's more to do. And so I just, there's a, a spirit, a feeling when you enter Canopy, the second you enter the doors and it's just of pure love and pure service and just being a community and helping each other. And so I just, anything I can do to help Canopy, I will. Now, speaking of communities, there's like this special 3D event coming up like this weekend, right? Yes. I hope so, or otherwise it'd be kind of a really <laughs> short interview. So so, <laughs> so it's going to be this, if, I, if I'm remembering, like the 7,000 square foot house, which is like four of my houses, so <laughs> you guys suck, I'm just saying. Um, that's beautifully furnished and appointed and like an open house through there, right? And the proceeds from this are going to benefit Canopy? Correct. Mary, tell me, give me some details on this. Well, this is a house that I, I bought like a year and a half ago to redo. Mm -hmm. and, um, a little weekend fixer-upper A little project. weekend <laughs> fixer-upper that's taken 18 months. Um, and then we came up with the idea that maybe people might want to see it and donate to Canopy when they come through it. So we have furnished it and uh, landscaped it, and it's, it's done. And we're hoping that people enjoy walking through it. Cool. So uh, because there are proceeds involved, I'm presuming you walk in, you, you slip them some money, and you get to go on the tour. Perfect. Yes, that's awesome. it. That's it. <laughs> and uh, this house is in the in the woodlands, right? It's in the woodlands. It's in Hollymead. It's on the golf course. It's on the Palmer course. And uh, it's just in a good neighborhood. It's fun to see. Oh, it's cool. beautiful. I mean, it is breathtaking. If Even if it's, you know, obviously, if you can't have a 7,000 square foot home, you still get amazing ideas because she designed everything in there. You can see the the color she uses, uh, the the carpets, the rugs, the furniture, just even getting ideas to anything you can take home and do, you know, and then I love she has a paper with all the paint colors on it. And then the <laughs> thing she uses, because I'll be like, I love this paint color. What is it? And she has it on a paper there for you. So you, anybody could go in there and view it and take these ideas home and, you know, see how to do it in your home because it's Breathtaking. It is so beautiful. <laughs> now, is the tour going to include, like, the secret passageways and the hidden rooms? <laughs> there aren't any. I'm so sorry. Gosh, gotcha. But so there's sorry. gorgeous closets, but nice big closets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we had a lot of people work on the home, and when they found out that we were going to do this showcase, uh, they all pitched in above and beyond what they normally do. So this has become a community thing. It has. Want to give a shout-out to some people on, like, who helped? Oh, my gosh. There's so many. The pool company, the landscaper, the plumber, the electrician, the flooring lady. Um, so that's Southern Star is the, is the floors. The landscaper is Chuck Winger. The pool is Custom Pool Concepts. The plumber's Pat Morgan. The electrician is uh, Conroe Empire, right here in Conroe. So many people have pitched in to help. So they just answered the call. You, you put out saying, listen, we need to get this house Yes. Kind of public friendly ready. And yes. they just stepped up to the plate. They did. Once they found out what this was for, it was phenomenal. That's awesome. Uh, Patty, try and tell me, so resources going into Canopy because of this, what will those proceeds go to? Uh, to programs, to 
upgrading the facilities? What? Oh, well, definitely programs. Anybody who walks in, everything is absolutely free at Canopy. And you don't have to be a, a patient no. at Memorial Hermann. Yes, you can be from anywhere. You can be, you know, you can be Anderson, you know, any anywhere you come in. We have wigs. We have prostheses. We have um, the all cooking classes. We have um, yoga. Yeah, yoga. I mean, everything, massage, massages. Yeah. Yeah. And everything we have there. And so this will go to help towards, we have a an art class and it's an art therapy class. It's actually an award-winning art therapy class um, that we have one that will go towards products for that. It will go towards, you know, um, any of the food for the cooking classes, uh, yoga mats, um, just... Yeah, the therapy, there's therapy session. There's all sorts of things, almost anything you could want when you're going through this, they handle. And these services are free to the people that walk yes. in the door. Everything is free. And so something I, I work on are, are special events. So we'll throw big parties, like we do a, a Valentine high tea. And so they get to come and on Valentine's Day and wear their hat and dress up for high tea. And all of that is free. Everything that we have there, just we accept nothing. <laughs> we just, just please come and... Um, like Mary said, everybody's affected by cancer. And so it's a great, great resource to know that there's other people in the community that can help and support you. That's that amazing. So, yeah, seriously, people, it's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. If you're not directly <laughs> affected, you know someone who is, and they know someone who is. And so you just come out, bring a few bucks with you, come see a beautiful house. Uh, I can't wait to see. Now, they're like, do you have like a sneak preview of the house on, online or something? Is there a website or a Facebook page people can go to? It's on Facebook. It's on Facebook. So, so just do a search for, I guess, Canopy yes. Cancer. Uh, probably if you do, can, probably Canopy Cancer Center, it'll it'll pop it up, and you'll you'll get to see a, a sneak preview. I'm definitely gonna go check this out, Dick. What about you? I'm posting it right now on our social media and stuff. There the you links go. for the custom home showcase. There you go, Canopy Thank Custom you. Home Showcase. And yeah, I see the outside of, of that place, and uh, yeah, I think when I sell my house in Panther Creek, I'm just gonna. <laughs> Gonna put a down payment towards this one. Assuming I live to the age of 412, I might be able to pay it off. Yeah. Was there anything else? Well, uh, what else is happening? Because I know Canopy does some other stuff. Isn't Canopy the one that had the uh, the car uh, scavenger hunt? The yeah, because Dick and I were gonna do that. We were gonna we were gonna live stream a broadcast, and then we couldn't. Something happened, and we couldn't make it. But we want in next year. Is there next year? I hope so. Uh, the next one. Yeah, we definitely want in on, on that. And. Uh, so I presume that uh, Amanda Beard with Avail Marketing is going to be telling us all kinds of stuff that Canopy's up to this upcoming year. Is that right, Amanda? Give me a thumbs up from the corner. Step in the camera range. Someone get a camera on her just so they can see her <laughs> hidden in the corner. Let's see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, so we have, like, the scavenger hunt. We have the custom home. Anything else that uh, Canopy's doing? Well, not that they're doing everything every day anyways. I'm trying to, th trying to think Oops. Do you hit the button towards your right? No, the other one? There, there you go. go. Now we can hear you. <laughs> well, that's good because I didn't really have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Akavon Arking? Of the... We kind of have a little, a summer lull going on right now. Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, well, it's a good way, I think, for up. everyone to catch their breaths and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially as the holidays are rapidly approaching. And I, I can only imagine the, the events and programs you'll have around Oh, yeah. Time. I mean, we have events going on all the time there. Um, yeah, if you look us up on Facebook and you can get a calendar and it shows what's going on every day that we have going on at Canopy, that that's the best way to, 
to look and see to see what's coming up and what we have going on there. Beyond this weekend, uh, with touring Mary Ross's house, can people come and take tours of Canopy? Do they need to call and Abs- set up an no, appointment? No, no, you do not need to call. You can drop in any time and definitely come and do a tour because the pictures don't do it justice. I mean, I think you can say that when you arrive there, it's just mm-hmm. the it's amazing. Nobody can believe how beautiful it is and how amazing it is. And um, it's just, it's not at all like you expect. And so, I mean, please come do a tour. Even if you're not, a, you know, even if you aren't dealing with cancer, you can come and do a tour so then you know it's out there in case you run into somebody who does. So you know that this is available, that you can let people know um, that it's there. But yeah, just stop by. We're in Medical Plaza One um, on the Memorial Hermann campus and on the second floor suite. 200? 210? 205. Uh, you get yeah, off the elevator go, and go to the right. front desk. Yeah, <laughs> they'll, they'll point it out to you. So this is the Mary Ross Custom Home Showcase for Canopy happening this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Woodlands. Uh, Facebook, uh, Canopy Custom Home Showcase. You'll see it. Be there or just be a loser. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Cool. And thank you guys for so much for coming Ladies, in. Thanks so much this. for being in here with us. Thanks. And you're listening to Dick and Skippy in the mornings. We will be back after these uh, message, messages and stick around. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936 647 Have a legal question? Are you a resident of Montgomery County? Call 281-645-6344 to talk to a volunteer attorney from the Woodlands Bar Association. We answer the phones on the first Monday of every month at 281-645-6344 from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m to provide general legal information and information about legal resources to Montgomery County residents. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. An estimated 1 in 10 births will result in a neonatal intensive care stay, also known as the NICU. 
Overnight, a family can find themselves and their newborn baby in a critical situation. The Mila Foundation financially and spiritually assists families in need. If you would like to volunteer or become a monthly sponsor, please visit us at www.themilafoundation.org. Again, that's www.themilafoundation.org because every life matters. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for a summer internship, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLongStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. All right, welcome back to Dick and Skippy in the mornings here on IRLoneStar.com slash Dick and Skippy. And then we're on YouTube Live and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, hanging out in the studio. Special thanks to our guests, uh, Canopy Cancer Survivorship Center, talking about this upcoming event on Custom Home Showcase. We're going to post all that stuff. It's all on Facebook. Just look up Canopy Cancer Survivorship Center or uh, just our social media and click that link and stuff like that. And... Uh, yeah, so we're going to be back on Friday at 9 o'clock. We don't have a guest lined up, so if you want to be a guest, email us at dickandskippy at gmail.com. We do have a couple guests coming in next week, I believe on Monday and Wednesday. You can check out our Facebook calendar for that and see when who and what is coming in. Uh, and yeah, so anything else you like last comments today? Well, also, people just can't get enough of our dulcet voices. So we're both going to be on... Ticket stub tomorrow. Yeah, that's true. We're going to be uh, – Connor, Connor's been out for like a month due to work. And, and you're just now calling me? Well, we've been trying to figure out – he didn't know when he was coming back in. And then now he's like, oh, I can't make it. I'm like, okay, let's get Sean. Because we've been off the air for like two weeks. Got it. Well, I can't so. wait. Uh, I'll do my homework and watch a movie. And uh, we'll re- be ready for tomorrow at noon. But then we'll be back, like you said, Friday morning at 9. And with no yeah. guess, we'll be on from 9 to 10. And so, yeah, on my headline list, you know, there were a couple of items. One was uh, they were going to remake West Side Story. Yeah, I saw that. And I really don't know how to feel about that. Well, what's strange to me is, and I get why people bring it up in conversation of going, hey, you know, we haven't made a real cinematic experience for West Side since, you know, 100 years ago, which is only like, what, 30, 40 years ago? Well, the last one was like 53 or 54 when it was made, uh-huh. the movie version. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, it, I think when it comes to those kind of projects, they have, like, the stars have to align. And Steven Spielberg's directing it, so that's one of the stars. And and it's his production company, which... Yeah, Amblin Entertainment. So it's going to be like, it, there's it's in good hands, in a sense, of whoever's making but that final decision. don't you feel that something like that is just so iconic? 
it's you know it it's become a well, trope. Let me ask you this: When do you think it's important to reintroduce something that's so iconic to a younger generation? Do you think they should when, do that, or do you think the original should just stand on? When its the own? technology or the situation has evolved enough, for instance, there's nothing different societally, and I hope that's a real word that happened in the original that's changed. You're not updating it. You're not putting it in because he's setting it in the same time period, in the 1950s. Yeah. So it's not like they're having updated for the, the current racial tension because there's the same racial tension. The difference is for me, for instance, Battlestar Galactica. The original was an 80s schlocky or 1979 very schlocky series. Uh, and when it got reimagined and updated, it, because technology had exploded and the story had exploded, instead of it being, you know, robotic bad guys trying to get us, it's you don't know who your enemy is. The enemy looks just like us right out of 9 11. Mm -hmm. And so it updated. So that that's the difference. I'm not firmly opposed to a remake of West Side Story. I just wonder why when the original still stands, as long as the original still stands on its own. Well, I'm starting to see a pattern in Hollywood because we, we talked about this in the past where there's only so much money being spent on entertainment these, these days mm -hmm. and it's being divided. Like it's being stretched out pretty thin and these production companies who have been in business for a hundred years or so are probably starting to see the dips and they're like, how do we maintain what we were doing last year, five years ago, 10 years ago, and how do we guarantee we have to be making so much money? I mean, I really think that's why Disney is going on that train of let's just work with what brands work, and we know we're guaranteed this much money if we do it, and it's worth spending because we have to spend money to make money, if that makes sense. And because if you think about Steven Spielberg, his last really big movie that made a lot of money, I mean, what was his last really big hit? Because, like, Ready Player in what One... Context? Well, money. Like, if I'm... No, I mean, as a director, as a producer... No, as... I'm talking about as making money. His company, his company that's doing it, they probably had a meeting going, hey, we're spending so much money a year, but we're not making this much money as we used to. Because your movies used to make 300 to 600 million guaranteed. And then, really, I think it started, started with The Crystal Skull. Because that movie made money, but the brand value went way down because people, so many people hated that movie. And that's why they didn't immediately come out with another Indiana Jones right after that one. Well, here we go. Well, Amblin Entertainment, these are just, the, here's a sampling of the most recent movies, Jurassic World, Ready Player One, Jurassic Park, obviously, yeah. Dog's Journey, uh, First Man, Men in Black International, uh, Dog's Purpose. Uh, I'm looking, I mean, this goes way back, but I'm looking well, at, the, I, at the more recent ones. BFG, which I always love that title because it just sounds wrong. That sounds wrong, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the House with a Clock in Its Walls. Um, he's holding his own uh, over over the decades, Amblin and Entertainment. Um, wow, there's some movies here that I really did not think were Amblin Entertainment, but they were. Yeah, so he, but he's I meant more, yeah, because... I, feel, I don't see this as a money grab, but it's it's not oh, a reimagining. I, I see it as I see it as a brand of building up the brand, getting people like to respect what they're doing, and and to make money from it. 
I think there's it's gonna be there. It's gonna. But it's it's not a guaranteed money maker. That's what I'm saying. When I say money grab, I mean. Well, I think it is because he has Steven Spielberg. That's a sell, and he's in charge completely. True, but there have been some. You know, Hook was Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's where they're banking on. No, well, no one saw Hook. It's, so, it's but it's a beloved classic of Robin Williams and Glenn Close. Uh huh. Because Glenn Close is in it. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> but I know I think that's I, that's my theory on why they would choose this kind of because they're like, hey, let's go back on a, a already sold story mm-hmm. and it's sold name and attach it to somebody who else is sold and been around for a while. Okay. Because and I also think Hollywood's going to be hitting something really. Uh, it's going to hit a big bump because, like for example, Ron Howard took over Solo. Look how poorly Solo was received. Mm-hmm. Ron Howard's like, dude, that guy's been That's around. That's what I'm saying. Your name doesn't necessarily. Sell no, I'm saying it's going to start dwindling down, and like, and especially like, let me ask you this: Who directed Aladdin, the new Aladdin? I have no desire to know this. Guy Ritchie. Really? That's what I'm saying. Like, you're like, wait, mm-hmm. say what? Former Mr. Madonna. Former Mr. Madonna. You know, lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I guess that's what Hollywood's trying to do is just kind of latch, like get get people who know what they're doing. I mean, I don't really know because just so many things are being made these days, but what's going to be making money? And uh, I'm, that's why I think they're doing West Side Story. I really do because they're okay. just trying to – Steven Spielberg's like, I need to make a movie that is successful. Because Ready Player One, like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't like Jaws. And I think – Think about what Steven Spielberg has achieved in his career and how high he went. And, like, do you think he's ever going to reach, reach that point again? You never know. And, no. and, and, and would you say he has an ego? Spielberg? Yeah. Uh, he'd better. As I've, I've said in the past, I myself have a huge ego. I love huge egos as long as they're earned. I don't like egotists. Yeah. There's a big difference. Okay. I, I think he remembers, Spielberg remembers what it was like to work on night gallery on duel on jaws where bruce the shark they put the shark in the water and it sinks to the bottom of the ocean right away i i think he remembers those the, those situations yeah um he's been humbled enough times in his life that he knows you, you can do a stinker just like that yeah. so, so that's why he doesn't want to do a stinker i mean men in black international stinker that failed miserably that was, yes. that was the most recent release, but that wasn't him though. That he didn't direct it. Like, I, w- I kind of want to see what he's directed in the past. Oh God, what was the other movie that just came out? That it, oh, uh, the the new X Men movie, apparently. Yeah, that was a stinker. Well, you know, there was a there was an interesting thing I was reading about people not going to the movie theaters this summer because there's been a bunch of movies that have been propped up as major hits. There's another one called like Late Night. That comedy mm-hmm. with uh, Emma Thompson. Is it Emma Thompson? Yeah, basically, I think it's The Devil Wears Prada Part Two. Well, I mean, like, there's been, a, they've been propped up. Men in Black was kind of propped up. X Men was being propped up. And then Godzilla. Godzilla was one of those great anomalies where the critics just hated it, but every fanboy loved it. Yeah. Cause it, well, because it wasn't the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Yeah. Anything was an Oh, because they, they love that one? No, they hated that one. They want, you know, anything is an improvement. Yeah. There's, I, I don't see any like blockbusters on the horizon. In the old days, you had the summer blockbuster. Much like the Christmas Day release, those are the two big years where you'd have huge well, films. Let me let me go from here. So let's start with Indiana Jones and the and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. These are the movies that Steven Spielberg has directed, and you tell me you think of like mega blockbusters, and it's about a ten year span between. That's why I'm choosing this. So we have Adventures of Tintin, no War Horse. 
Uh, it was a critical darling, but I don't think it sold a lot of money. Lincoln. Yes. Bridge of Spies. No. The BFG. No. The Post. Yes, because it hit the right political nerve. Okay, and then Ready Player One. I think, didn't like make a huge honking splash for like a weekend and then died away? Yeah. Yeah. I think it made its money back on the first weekend. But so that, that was his 10-year span. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of movies to be making in 10 years. But that's directing, you said, right? Yeah. Now think about what He's directing West Side Story. Right, exa- exactly. Yeah. So it could just be a passion project for and him. And you can't, but the, we're producers too loose. You can't really tell what what input did he have. True, because, you know, he also had direct input on uh, paranormal activity. So. You heard about that, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's 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 levels. It's either phone call or something like that. And mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, I called, I called Steven because I wanted to get Steven's input about this character. I mean, like, oh, he's a producer. He, he helped. He made the movie. And that's, that's what I love about James Cameron. James, James Cameron's in the same boat. His name gets thrown around. It's because I had a phone call with James Cameron. He's a executive producer. Let's put him on the bill. And that happens because mm-hmm. it's his production company. But I don't think there's, I mean, I, there's the, there's no way because if you look at his list of producers. Well, that's films, where the ego comes into it that Spielberg and Cameron, directors and producers of that ilk, will make sure that at least in their mind it is a property worth having their name on. So it may bomb at the box office, but that's not their intent. You have some producers who are like, hey, I just want... So he's producing 22 name. films right now that are in production. Wow. So do you think he's really involved in those? To some extent, yeah. He has to be. Yeah. I mean, I know he signs the checks, I bet. Mm-hmm. But, but he's also got to make sure he's getting a yeah. return on his investment. I don't know. I don't really want to see... I don't want to see West Side Story. That kind of theater stuff's trash. It's, trash. <laughs> it's Romeo and Juliet One thing that Los Angeles. If I was... If I was Trying to create something new, like you said, for the experience of seeing uh, something old into something new. I would do West Side Story in VR. And I would do it as, not interactive, but just the way to fuel the stage. And especially with that classic scene of the two sides. Mm -hmm. Like, can you imagine sitting there with your VR goggles and you're going like this, going left to right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is so cool. And then like, and what I love about VR is the potential of rewatching the movie from it. Like you're in it. Like you're kind of going like, all right, now let's see if I just watch this one person the whole time. One thing that, and I think that would work well for a story like West Side Story. It's funny you should mention that because something that just absolutely enthralled me. I uh, I wasn't a fan. I'm not a fan of Jim Carrey, um, and I certainly wasn't a fan of the Christmas Carol that Jim Carrey did. Mm-hmm. But I did see a behind the scenes of it. And what they would do is they modeled, like, the entire town, like an entire scene. And then the director would actually take, I guess what can best be described as a virtual camera. It was an actual physical object, but he would use it to zoom through the town, you know, as, like, Scrooge is flying. And he would do different takes. No, It wasn't like the computer was tracking, okay, we're going to go this way. It was actually him saying, okay, we're going to go between these two buildings. Now we're going to sh- shoot up and do that. And I thought that was fascinating. And so a lot like that with, with what you were saying about VR mm-hmm. movies, that you could watch it each time and just, okay, now we're going to look at, at this person or from this perspective. I, I would love that. Well, I could just see those kind of productions that are old bringing you to the next step. Like Jaws would be really fun to watch in VR. <laughs> and like, well, I mean, I'm going yes. on Steven Spielberg's choices, like, there's some movies he made that would, and like, think about watching Star uh, Wars. Well, Star Wars would be great. Like, you're in, like, you're in the X Wing. Yeah, in the X Wing, sure. watching them. 
and you can just kind of look around. And I think uh, the technology is getting that getting to that point where it's not too expensive to re- like recreate it. And you could be Guido and shoot first. So, oh yeah. Well, no, I'm not talking about interactive. I'm just talking about you know you're watching mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because one thing, there's certain scenes like imagine watching Gladiator and watching the scenes where they're in a coliseum. Mm-hmm. Like you can look around and you can like you can see the people in the World War Z. What, yeah, that would be creepy. <laughs> but I mean, I think I think three hundred. I think there's a lot of potential with yeah. older movies too. Because like Streetcar Named Desire would be really interesting because you look around because that to me there a lot of like, oh, what I liked about the movie was the setting, like being on the port and stuff like that. That was really cool to see all the people working and understanding the life that was there. And I think that you can really do that well in a VR scenario because. You're seeing all the grime and how crappy people treat each other. And Ooh, Titanic. Titanic would be That'd surreal, be too. Again with that. I've got the 3D of Titanic. I need to watch that. So I think it's there. That's cool. that. If I was him, I, that's what I would be doing right now. I well, mean, tune in on Thursdays at Ticket Stub. We'll probably can have more so. conversations like this. But, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow, guys. We're going to be kicking well, it out. We'll be, we'll oh, that's be tomorrow. I'm Friday. sorry. I'm so sorry. We'll be back on Friday at 9 o'clock. If you want to be a guest on Friday, let us know. We still have that slot open. Contact us. Don't forget, we have a, a text and message line, folks, so we get uh, updates on that. It's 936-228-9368. Or Zen Bat Went. And bat went. There All you right. Go. That's how and you then, remember uh, it. And again, a shout out to our guest, Canopy. Yeah, Mary Ross from Mary Ross Cousin Homes and Patty Jorgensen and Amanda Bear. Yeah. Thank you so much, guys. And uh, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about the show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.